Yo, ladies, gentlemen, and all my favorite Reese's pieces in between, yo, this is your buddy and your boo. That sometimes spots the spig, sometimes the stoned out Hasidic Jew. Yo, this is Soap Opera again with a very special episode of the Soap Opera Sessions. This time, not so much under the influence of that in which grows on the earth, but something more of a Philadelphia. So I studied a little bit. I love my nigga Moses and things out a little ox, a little quick, uh, but nothing that didn't flow in to be natural and nerdy I actually reached out to a local band doing some national things and I'm sure they're going to go even further as time goes on but today's guest Celebration Guns they're a mix of so many things they can't really peg down uh, but I will say if you think dream pop meets indie rock meets some type of energy and vibe that make a baby worth tolerating I say as much as I joke around and I'm not kidding I'll at the same time that I implore you to check them out, you can either peep out the links below wherever you're hearing this, or you can just do your Googles. They have a bunch of stuff out right now uh, you, that you can enjoy. They officially just released their new record, Probably Worth It. And I will tell you, it's probably worth it. And <laughs> y'all should give it a listen. It's now streaming on Spotify, iTunes Music, what have you. I caught up with frontman Justin just a few moments before he headed out to set up for his record release party. Up at the record, I'm sorry, not the record, up at the Rebel Lounge in Phoenix. And we jump straight up into it. So without further ado, please enjoy the show. You are the front, is it singer, writer? Of celebrity or celebration guns? I like celebrity guns better. Celebrity but, guns, uh, yeah, <laughs> celebration guns. And the only reason I don't know why that trips me out when doing that when you're coming up with a namesake, because uh, I know you've been hit with this, and I'm pretty sure because we come from a red state, you know, what I'm saying that that's kind of people are leaning. Is that a political leaning by any means? No, not at all. There's this is a Canadian band called Stars, uh-huh. and they had a song called Celebration Guns. So when we were thinking of a band name, I, I did the thing where me and the other guys were just scrolling through our music library, mm. trying to find song titles that sounded cool with band names. So it's <laughs> as easy as that. Okay. Um, is that like a is that like a deep in the cut sort of thing? Because I I'm... it's not one. It's definitely not one of their more popular songs. Okay. Um, I just like the ring of it, and I I wanted us to have a sound that was sort of like celebratory, kind of explosive and exciting. So I thought it kind of made sense. I mean, celebration guns. I picture like a. I don't know, like a basketball player, like doing the finger guns after he makes a basket. <laughs> I don't even know if they do that anymore. But uh, that's what I picture. Have you ever seen The Goods? It was a comedy about used card sales. No, I keep seeing it, and wondering if I should. With, oh my uh, with Jeremy, what's his Pippins name? or yeah. something. Look, as big of a douchebag as that guy is, mm-hmm. he plays the best douchebag in that movie. Yeah, I, I don't know if you. Not surprising. <laughs> I saw all Entourage. So oh, okay. I'm familiar with how he. His, his douchebag yeah. and at the same time what's kind of messed up and I'm not too sure if it's a fellow beardsman thing to where people either think you're pretentious or you're some kind of prick in somehow some way I don't know if you get that I don't know if you're on the opposite side of that you seem like real sweet and genuine and I mean really quickly too, I gotta ask you because some of the songs like I heard uh, and this is just me trying to look you up. Saw yeah. some other podcasts that you did. I'm guessing with another local. Uh, is it getting stoked? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And uh, I was like, man, I never heard of this guy. Mm-hmm. And he was talking. Seems like he's doing some moves. Spoke with Mo and all that. Good for him. Yeah. And um, anyways, wow. And I heard you mention the meaning behind um, what was it? Forgive me, forgive me. Uh, you got notes. I like it. A little bit of notes, man. I was That's really, cool. I was really digging like what you're saying. I didn't want to. I figured if we would have got stoned, I didn't want to just be off my. Not knowing what to ask. Um, what was it? When you're gone. I didn't know that. It was about a friend. Oh yeah, where? Yeah, where you've gone. That's um, 
we so me and the bassist have been friends since high school. We met in our biology class sophomore year, and we have like skateboard shirts on or something. We're you like, cool man. Hmm? You guys go to Sunny Slope? No, uh, we we grew we grew up in Tempe, so Corona oh. del Sol. Okay. And uh, so we became friends since then, and we had a whole friend group of kind of like the punk rock kids in school, which back in like the mid to late nineties wasn't as, I don't know, it was kind of felt like a fringe group. Everyone else yeah. was kind of like preppy and whatever at that school. So we had our own little crew. Or like overly wigger. Or whatever. Yeah. Something, <laughs> just something that we, I didn't really connect with. So I found, I feel like I found like a, a home with that group. And one of the guys was our friend, uh, his nickname was Goopy. Uh, <laughs> Goopy? Yeah. He, he said it was because he got high with some of his friends and and uh, they said he looked goopy that's that so it stuck with them okay. we had a lot of we had a lot of uh, nicknames in our group there was a beanie um beetle roach okay. bug names for yeah, some reason was, getting was, in there. i was thinking just a roach of a weed or no something. just just like a, a weed. i'm not i'm not sure what it was but it, it was fun and this guy was real close to us and so he uh got cancer uh so we were i was like 22 and he's one of my closest friends. And uh, so when I had the song, like I mentioned on his podcast, I just kind of randomly wrote down the line, I'd like to meet you where you've gone. And then I started thinking about like, well, what is that about? And then I thought about my friend. So I kind of just based all the lyrics around around him. So did he go through like, going through the cancer stuff? Did he like have to go through the chemo and all that? Yeah, he did all of that too. And uh, it was pretty rough. And you know, like at that age, just all of us kind of dealing with loss of that magnitude at like you know early 20s everything's already so dramatic and like you know crazy at that age it was just it was a lot to deal with so it impacted us so me and me and my friend like the basis like i said we were pretty close to him and uh, even our drummer actually knew him too i think so we all are kind of connected um through stuff that went on in high school now i'm not too sure if it's the i don't know what you, if you'd call it because i know you guys are labeled like indie pop or indie rock i'm kind of getting like dream pop kind of like, yeah, <laughs> I, you know, I, I don't it's know. hard to nail down a, a label, which I, I kind of like. No, no, that's the beautiful thing. You're not caged in a box. There's no expectancies. But at the same time, I forgive my my misuse of vocabulary. <laughs> I, I'm not a if you're a grammar Nazi or just yeah. vocabulary in general. Forgive we'll me. Skip over it. I'm a little <laughs> bit of a lyricism. So like, so when I hear certain things, and I know that that's the biggest push, especially with um, I think it was worth it listening to it. I just made me think to myself, like, man, this can kind of go so many which ways and again going back to the reason why I brought all this stuff up in, in the other show when you got I would have never thought that that meant that and again yeah. so asking you about you know what kind of just all the terrible shit that you had to go to the pain the medications just seeing someone struggle I don't know if he had to lose hair I don't know all the stages he had to go through yeah all of it so I can just imagine how messed up that is internally it's one of your best people people young usually when we, when we think of ourselves of being young like we don't expect not only to see a certain age. Like I, I never thought I was gonna see thirty. You know. Yeah. <laughs> so nor right. did I ever. You know. So I can imagine seeing someone so young seeing that, right? Um, but again, going back to when I was listening to the song, I totally didn't get that. I'm thinking that you're talking about um, having the. Um, okay, my, and it says in Italian, you know, when you're, uh, uh, it where you where you're gone. Yeah. But I'm I'm thinking this is kind of I'm gonna say on some stock shit, but like I was thinking like most of your songs and and correct me because again. I was listening to it. I'm just re repeating it over and over. It, they sound like love songs. Kind of, yeah. Some some of them have that vibe, uh, especially our older stuff. But our new album really isn't really intended to have any songs like that. Even if they sound like it, it's probably about something different. 
And which comes to the next point is I'm thinking that because obviously interpretation just like beauty is on the eyes of the beholder or the ears of the beholder. So like, do you when you write stuff, are you allowing for the artsy stuff to like to let that trickle in to each person on their own, or do you feel, or when you write stuff, do you have a clear thing in mind? And you're because sometimes a lot of stuff when you when, some song I'll get into later, like uh, like the the single the great again. Yeah, it has undertones, but at the same time, it looks like you're leaning nowhere. Yeah. So do you do that intentionally? Sort of. Um, with this, with Great Again, like, you know, it's obviously about Trump. And, I mean, I, I, I can't stand him. And I know it just almost sounds like a cliche at this point to be, like, a dude in a van saying, you know, down with Trump. Yeah, yeah like, but so I, sometimes I just don't even want to get into it a lot because it just irritates people. Not even people who disagree, but people just don't want to hear about it anymore. But it was something I wrote right after he was elected, and I felt pretty strongly about it. So really I tried to focus the song around... The met, you know, the make America great again message. Like, what does that actually mean? What time is he wanting to go back to? Um, it's kind of more focused on that. I mean, I feel like it was probably pretty clear that I'm not a huge fan of him. I, I think there, there's a lyric that says, "When the results came in, we knew the end was here," or something. Like, it was very <laughs> over dramatic at points too. So, honestly, listen to the song. I didn't get that at all. Yeah, I didn't get that at all until I heard. Um, what was it? Oh my goodness! I can't. Is this track just before? Consider the source. Oh yeah. I didn't get that until I heard "Consider the Source" because you're talking about the hate speech and yeah. kind of being a now. So, when hearing, um, and what was the song that Trump was using during his campaign that so so and so called him like, "Hey, you can't use our fucking song." Oh, anymore? I can't remember. I remember hearing about it. I just don't remember there, who the musician was. It was a big 80s song. Yeah. Just kind of, have you ever seen Campaign with Will Ferrell and Zach yeah. Galifianakis? Mm-hmm. Where they came out to the, um, it was it was a parody on exact, even though it was based on Bush, it was, if not a clear, more clear example of, you know, Trump and how easy it is to kind of manipulate people through, through the media. Well, and that's exactly the case for the songs considered the source you mentioned. It was actually more based around Bush. It was written before Trump. Um, but it, to me, it's just any politician that wants to use religion to advance a cause. Like George W. Bush, um, you know, um, God told him the war in Iraq was the right move. You know, things like that. Like, to, that's kind of what that's based around. Um, and just like, I, you know, I, I grew up a Christian. I still consider myself a Christian in some ways. And um, I, I don't like the idea that the right tends to use, especially Christianity, um, as some sort of weird weapon. Like, getting those people behind Trump just because he said he was a Christian in the beginning. And because I supposedly Republicans are like the more like religious based yeah. party. I just don't like the manipulation of an entire religion for political causes. So that's really what Consider the Source is about. And, so, and when I thought that, okay, I'm definitely thinking Web, Web Bapti- uh, West Baptist, uh, you know, and all the, <coughs> yeah, yeah. we hate fags and for stuff For sure, like that. And, there, and there's that too. And it's obviously the church itself can just kind of like skew, it's not just politicians using it, it's people like that. I don't remember that guy's name, Fred something or whatever, whoever that guy was at that church. But mm-hmm. that's obviously taking a religion and things out of context in the Bible and just like skewing it completely differently and turning it really hateful. So speaking of skew and just in skew, are you a fan of Kevin Smith at all? A little bit. I mean, I definitely liked his movies, especially more back in the day. Like okay. I really liked Dogma. Oh. The movie was really cool. Yo, yeah. Dogma was because uh, I think early on for uh, I'm from a, a Latin descent. So Catholicism, that was kind of the main draw. I actually had to become a Christian on my own right after, you know, being away from the influence of oh, I'm doing this for my grandma kind of thing. Like I had to find it myself. Everyone has to find it themselves. If you don't and you're spoon you're spoon fed or shoved into your face, you're not going to appreciate it because you know, no, people want it want it in their own regards. 
Um, anyways, I bring up that because I thought Dogma was done really beautifully. Yeah. And the consideration of what the f*** did happen, let's say, for example, when he, uh, Chris Rock's character mentions that the Bible goes from Jesus being 13 to 33, where the hell was he at? And a lot of cons- theories, that, oh, well, he was in India. Oh, he was you know, yeah. studying with Buddha and you know, all the good stuff. Um, I actually wondered, and I, and I forget what song it was that I was going to bring it up because now I can't even remember my handwriting, but we're having a conversation. <laughs> so it just knows to happen later. Um, I was actually wondering where you stood out with faith because you, you definitely don't preach. No. There's no preaching whatsoever in, in your work. Yeah. And there's some times where I wonder, like, if that's missing something, Do you, did you have any sort of, uh, and I have more questions about the, hopefully maybe you could remind me because I'm, I'm going to kind of make a full circle. Yeah, that's quickly. fine. Uh, you had 11 tracks in the song, on this record. Yeah. And... Some of it came out early, like right again, I think you have the video for it back in March. Yeah, we just very slowly released each song okay. leading up to the album. Okay, cool. Because we have a plan. We're doing a video for every single song on the album. I heard that. Which is kind of cool. We're at 7 out of 10 right now. Really? Because okay. technically, probably worth it is one song. It's separated on Spotify and on Band- Bandcamp, I think. Uh-huh. But probably worth it is really the first song, but it's like five minutes, and oh, the first minute and a half is. It's not that long normally, so you. No, because instru- the instrumental part at the beginning we separated and called probably on Spotify because okay. it's so long. If anyone wants to just jump into the song, that's worth it. That makes sense. Yeah. Because I, I actually had the privilege of listening to it through the iTunes. Oh yeah. And Apple it's broken music. down that same way mm-hmm. too. So and actually, man, and there's another question I wanted to ask you more on the technical side about how you saw songs being broken down. Oh. Well, before I get to religion that thing, well, I kind of want to get the back to it. But I like. That. I mean, no, I've no one. I haven't talked to, that, to anyone about that before. Really? So, okay. Yeah, about that side of it. So, well, it's interesting because I'm just I'm, I'm super psyched to, to know because you say you want to you wanted everything trickled down, but then I'm also curious because you had the eleven tracks. Did you feel like all right, that's enough for a full album? Because you're coming from three EPs. Mm-hmm. There are what three to four songs. Uh, yeah, usually like five to six. So, okay, yeah, I'm sorry, something, something yeah. like that. So yeah. I saw it in a short shorter frame. And I always felt like 11 was that perfect number. Um, yeah. I'm a big hip-hop person, so I think back 2008, maybe 2005, rapper Common from Illinois, he had a, song, a record called B. He had 11 tracks, perfect, no filler, no fluff. Mm-hmm. I felt like you had that too, even though uh, probably was cut into just being an instrumental part, which I thought was perfect too because you got to ease people into it. Yeah. Some people, either you jump into the water or you slowly go in. And I mm-hmm. feel like the music, because it seems a whole lot more atmospheric yeah. than earlier stuff. Um, was that intentional to want to make it sound broader? Because it sounds richer. It's, if it makes any sense, it sounds more expensive. If that makes if that makes than sense. like the other recordings. Yeah, like I think it's just also who we worked with. This guy Alan Leggett. He uh, teaches at Conservatory Recording Arts. Uh, okay. So he uh, he was willing to give us a lot of time and studio time there, and he let the two of us sit down and obsessively mix things and add sounds. So we actually got to take the time. Other recordings, we've kind of rushed through it. And we're like, well, we got the basics down. Like maybe we spent a day with some fun sounds, but for the most part, it was like, let's just get the tracks and let's get going. This time we got to actually sit down and be like, what weird sound would I like here? How would we like to maybe pan things throughout the mix? So like this random sound is like way far off to the left and we're spreading everything out. So it feels huge Mm -hmm. and like the music surrounding you. We actually have to spend the time to think about that and talk about it. And he was really good if I said, I kind of want to hear a sound that's like and like just like make a noise in my mouth and then somehow he's creating I heard it. you scatting on the other podcast. Was oh, that was you that, that was scatting? Could be. I, yeah. Or making, doing little voices. Yeah, I it was totally random. I was yeah. like, man, you don't hear good scatting nowadays. <laughs> <laughs> but no, speaking of the doobity doobities though, the guitar, and that's Chris, right? Yeah, Chris Blanco. So did you, or like when you guys come together and you guys are, because I'm do you, 
I heard you. I heard you say before. I'm getting so too excited. I don't know where to start. That you don't really write first. You kind of go with the music, right? Kind of crafting the sound. Yeah. Somewhat, somewhat, yeah. Sometimes I, I I know you never write the same song the same same way every time. But right. So the so originally, how it would start is I use GarageBand with drum loops like big okay. time, um, especially in the very beginning. Our first EP quitter. Um, a lot of times I would just put one of their various drum loops on, and then I would just kind of jam to myself. So usually I start with the bass line. Um, I've done less of that as the years have gone on, but so a lot of our earlier stuff is based around the bass guitar a lot. So I'd get a bass line in there I liked, and then get a guitar line that kind of dances around that, and then do the other guitar line that dances around that. And then when I have all that, what I would do is just go through and basically, I guess if you could say scat, like I would just like a sing like a melody of random words just like how I came up with I'd like to meet you where I've gone sometimes I would actually come up with a lyric that I would force myself to base the whole song around because I couldn't get rid of it then it was in my head so that's kind of how things were going for all of our releases up until this one and with this one um, I know Chris is really good doing that finger tapping stuff and he would post videos on Instagram so we're like let's work that into a song so I had him email me a collection of his riffs that he so you know like one file would have like five different riffs he'd play one pause for you know 10 seconds play another one i'd uh, separate them out into garage band and kind of like organize them and then start looping the one riff over and over and then i noticed a the looping yeah but it was dumb, I, but i feel like you have you had such a good ear about picking what you wanted to because honestly if you think about what a hit song is now it's just and it is all i'm a failed producer in the sense to where man i can only do music at four bars at a time yeah. And, and then I never knew how to transition or how to... Well, that, that part is tough, and that's taken some time to do. And I don't know if I've really mastered it, but I've definitely gotten better with it. It's on, and, like, and there's a few tracks where, you know, I have some technical notes where I'm like, man, that the little the little doody-doody-doody's, like, that's... It, it, it yeah. was enough to, to carry and then just make every transition just seem real seamless. So besides the the guitars having those little thumps that I, I don't know what you would call that. This is, it says like finger tapping. Finger tapping. Yeah. Because I know like in like hard rock with the gents or whatever you call it, it it's the same principle except, you know, how, how you're riffing it. Yeah. Um, so I really dug that again. It sounded more spacey. It sounded more alive. Whatever sounds or tweaks it would sense. I, I, I'm, as much as I feel like I know, I'm also then real ignorant to, I, I don't know what fucking instrument that is. That could be a piano. That could be a synth. That could be a right. guitar. You know, and, and one thing I definitely noticed from before and now, and maybe it's because of the Allen, is uh, I'm not sure what kind of EQs you guys are using to where it just sounds so, just it sounds alive. Yeah, I mean, he knows this, and that's what I wanted, and I kind of felt like maybe some of our previous stuff sounded a little flat, like the music was there, but no, I, didn't, I didn't feel, well, you know, we tend to win people over when we play live a lot easier than just showing a recording, and we wanted to try to get some of that on a recording, even though it's pretty much impossible. We wanted to feel lively enough so people could connect in that way too. So we actually did focus on that, me and Alan, on trying to get that sort of a feel. Um, but you can experience the music more so than you're just kind of like sitting back disconnected from it. Mm -hmm. And it's not an easy thing to do. I'm sure a lot of bands try to accomplish it. But I mean, I think we got kind of close on, on this album to getting that. As an artist, and I guess it's unfair to say because we want to make something that's going to make someone dance to, which is what makes me consider that you appreciate that much if you start with the drums and the bass along like it makes me feel like you're either uh, influenced by some kind of funk or punk rock yeah um, that, punk. that you would go through that it makes me think of Flea for whatever reason the poster boy of just you know crazy bassist yeah and I love the bass I feel like I'm kind of a bassist at heart even though I, I haven't played that in this band I've written all the bass lines and, and uh, that's really fun important to me quick view 
you with the Beatles? You used to? At uh, least at I one used point? to. I really liked Revolver. Okay, I was more of a Sgt. Pepper person. Okay, but it feels like everyone at some point in their life uh, loved the Beatles, right? Yeah, just it, it connects some part of you. You know, usually when you're early twenties and you kind of get over it because you, you evolve your taste. Um, debatable question: Lennon or McCartney? I guess Lennon. Okay, the, the artsier one. Over the the melody. I, I yeah. guess. I mean, it's hard to say, though. Okay. Well, I'm, I'm asking this just because of writing stance-wise. Like, I feel like you, you've taken on... Not to say that you've got McCartney fully because, you know, he, he was on Melody. And I feel like you have some real provoking stuff that would be out of Lennon. So I, I saw that. But when you think of... And again, this is, this is not to diminish anyone in bands. But like when you think of Ringo Starr, like, how much do you think he really contributed to the... <laughs> Yeah, well, I mean, there's what, uh, Yellow Submarine, I think? Yeah. Is that the one he did? It Was it? Is that the one? I, I think. There's one of those type of songs, like real silly ones, but that, that's sketchy that everyone yeah. loves. So. Octopus Garden, is that one? Something like, it was one of those, yeah. I can't, I can't. I'm not enough I'm of so a sorry. Beatles yeah. fanatic. I'm like, I'm like, Ooh. I just saw the Love um, Cirque du Soleil show in Vegas for, Beatles, for the Beatles, and that's actually what got me into them for a few years, because really? I was just so blown away by that. Okay. That's actually the one thing I've been wanting to see. Yeah, I have. Cool. I'm probably one of the very small denominator of people, folks, that haven't been to Vegas. So I told myself, if I go to Vegas, I'm gonna do some cocaine, get some hookers. But even though at the same time I have my conflictions on that, I'm like, if I ain't gonna do that, then what's the point? And if I were to do that, why can't I just do it here? Again, that's not a very popular belief, but that's just my excuse to not go. Yeah. But wanting to see Circus Alejo has been on that it's, on that it's list. Worth it. I, I wanted to ask though again. Going back to conflictions and back to the spiritual stuff, um, and I'm hoping I can find it here where where I got the biggest taste of it because there was at one point where I'm like, wait, he totally overstepped this, and I was totally in this villain. And again, for the most part, I'm thinking I'm hearing love songs, and yeah. and forgive me if that if you take that to any offense. No, I mean that's totally fine because I don't mean it in that way. And I remember I forget what band it is where they're totally pop song that they're they're so poppy of a song but they drown it in so much distortion that you wouldn't know you really have to be an elitist or just a super fan to like want to dig deeper yeah so how do you view being it and mind you your vocals are super clear there's not any sort of distortion that i can hear or you don't take use that kind of it's technique slight, yeah. to as far as vo vocals go mm -hmm. but i was wondering though how you can get your voice to sound like that and if that revolved itself uh, in in the live performance, and I saw one of the live performances at the Crescent. It was a recording of it. This was probably a really old one. It was super old. Yeah. So I, I could tell you're still getting your sound there. Yeah. But as far as like how you incorporate your live vocals, and are you running like plugins for your vocals? As, as live vocals, I have a um, I do have a pedal that basically just puts a little bit of distortion on it. I I think uh, that sound can flatter my voice. I, I whenever I hear my voice unfiltered, it, it's just. I don't know if I feel like it sounds nasally or just has like a tone to it that I don't like. So I like, it, the idea is basically compression, mm -hmm. something to kind of even it out. So there's not certain like sharper or more piercing elements of my voice. I want something that just kind of makes it sound like just, uh, I don't want to use the word flat again, but just something that's like not having a I'm lot of giving that pop. like, Bleh! you know, like some, <laughs> suddenly I'm like sounding way louder than I was the word before. Something that evens it out. So that's what I go for. I I'm, I'm a little bit of like reverb and stuff. Um, and some people don't like it, but then other times I'll, pl I'll play and not have any effects and it just, it just doesn't feel right. I, and also I feel like the effect I use blends my vocals into the music. And with us, and that's a criticism we've gotten is the vocals are not loud enough and they should be more dominant. But with all the crazy music stuff we do, I like the idea of the vocals kind of blending into it instead of being on top of it.
Because I heard you reference that in this album, you wanted for the vocals to be like another instrument. Yeah. Which I feel like you really nail on this record. Because not one thing is ever overpowering the other. And it is such an even dance that it makes me feel like for the person that I want to analyze stuff, I'm like, oh, I can't, well, I can't really, I can't really just judge that because I'm hearing everything else. Yeah. So like, was that intentional throughout the whole project? Yeah, we. It was a, an obsession to try to make sure something wasn't being left out because everything felt so important. We didn't want anything to be um, louder than another thing or more focused than another thing, unless we really wanted it to in a certain moment. But overall, we wanted it to feel pretty even. Like you could pick out every piece of everything if you wanted to which i guess probably does make it um overwhelming you'd have to it it, it makes it so you have to do multiple listens if you really want to appreciate our album <laughs> definitely um which I is a thing that as far as being like commercially successful is that's not really the right move to like put something out there that's so dense that someone has to like really put their effort into understanding you it feed people but you know it's a uh, we're, we're doing it a lot for ourselves too so we're trying to have that naive hope a lot of musicians do that hey, we didn't necessarily try to make this really easy for people to, to take in and appreciate, but we also really just want to do what we want to do and hope that people will just magically be drawn to it anyways. And I feel like that's what you accomplished with the sound that you're, that you're tweaking, is that it did bring me in to where I'm like, I gotta hear that again. As much as I, and forgive me for saying this, I forget where I kind of got disconnected by it, but I kept on re-listening. Oh, sure, I'd like, I'd like to hear that. What, what um, part? How much time do we got? Oh, probably about fifteen minutes. Okay, cool. Then I'm gonna I'm gonna try to rush through these here if you don't mind. Then that way I don't kind of that way maybe I'll come to it. I'm gonna give you some interpretations and I'm gonna just ask basic questions. If it if I'm totally left or uh, far off from where you were aiming towards, forgive me. Sure. I'm still curious as to where your look would be or where your thought process is on it. So again, where, when I, when you're talking about where where you've gone, I'm kind of thinking you're trying <laughs> forgive me trying to hook up and that. Some it just seems like impossibly far, yeah. Uh, so again, totally far from what you what you described. Well, yeah, and and if you listen, like the verse, I mean, if you really listen to the verse, it does say, um, it starts with, "Did you know that it end this way at twenty two with so much left to say?" Like it's actually very very obviously about something like that. But I'm the same way. Like I'll interpret a song before actually looking at the entire picture of all the lyrics. Unless it's some song I'm obsessed with and I listen to it over again. But if I've listened to it a few times and I'm like, oh, well, this is about that. Yeah. But if you actually sat down and like, read the lyrics, you'd be like, oh, okay. Like, I literally said it's a guy at 22, you know, yeah. like, no, his age and everything. But And I didn't know, like, how it works <laughs> or people have to put, like, their lyrics on rap, on Genius or what have you for that to be out there. Yeah. I know I used to always frequent AZ lyrics for whatever reason. It just, whether it be me thinking it's an AZ or Arizona thing or it just being literally from A to Z. Um, but anyways, I wanted to ask you though, and again, I know it's probably totally off, uh, off to the side of the field here, but can I ask you, at what extremity have you ever gone to be able to talk to someone? Whether it means to hook up and you don't need to incriminate yourself so you slip someone in the zanny, but like, in order like, to talk to somebody, have you ever gone to, have you ever been so infatuated by someone's look that you just, you did something crazy to try to talk to them? Um, I'm, you or know, I've always been a little bit too shy. Um, I, I kind of was that that guy in high school that friend zoned himself all the time because he didn't want to tell and, and friend zone nowadays sounds almost like problematic you know some people will say like oh we should just expect every girl to put you in a certain zone you know like i it's you can't say anything anymore but basically i'd call it friend zoned and because in high school there'd be always girls i have crushes on but i would just be like their best friend because i couldn't tell them how i felt so i've always been too afraid to really put myself out there like that and it wasn't until years later when i was doing online dating that i actually became more confident 
through that experience. And then a lot of that was just th through the, the internet. Like sometimes it's even just daring to send a message to some girl that looks cute when you know like she, she's probably way out of your league. Like even though it's pathetic, to me honestly, it's probably something along those lines. Like just trying to think of some funny, crazy thing to say to somebody or like sending a message. But like as far as going up to people physically and like doing something or making some move like I'm, I'm horrible at it i usually have people come to me like more often than not if i've ever had an experience like that it's been a, like a girl coming up to me and saying something which doesn't happen often so it's it's, it's not a frequent uh, experience that i've had can i bet <laughs> that when girls do come up to you they're infatuated with the beard well yeah it's always a beard thing or and then girls <laughs> and guys it's seth rogan you look like seth rogan i'm like no <laughs> <laughs> I mean, just because I'm a beard, I have a beard and glasses, yeah. and like hair is sort of similar or whatever. But like otherwise, no, <laughs> not at all. But okay, it's just that if thing people what, do when they you generalize. Connect it. That's yeah. what you connect. Yeah, yeah. And, and, and I always feel too like a heavy set fellow with the beard. Yeah, prototype. Right. And then I never had it in earlier years in my experience. I, I never came across heavy <laughs> chaser. So it's weird how technology kind of yeah. allows that allows that lying that you wouldn't have done because so the school politics or whatever you know that kind of interfere with that so can I ask you when it comes to online dating do you see it easier because it's kind of like a mathematical equation towards it's 50 50 or what makes you feel more confident well it's easier that? to take a risk because uh, I guess you just don't have the face-to-face -face rejection they can just ignore um, you. and also you can come up with something witty to say and, and you don't have to kind of like wait until you're right in the right zone where you're really feeling it and, and like being like clever you could just like sit down and plan something out, but maybe even recycle a few lines. I remember uh, a buddy of mine. I don't want to say if he was a buddy. He was just a coworker. He was a fellow coxman, you know, and he liked to get himself into some, into some strange. And so he had these lines that he just would constantly copy and paste. And again, that's when I realized this is a mathematical. This is a mathematical yeah, game. Yeah, it could be a game too. I actually tried to be like sincere and come up with like unique things. And I and I actually met my wife uh, on OK Cupid. Yeah. Yeah. So I didn't, see, I, I didn't, I didn't know. Done. If you oh yeah, I'm not wearing it right now. But I, okay. I, I, I uh, I'm done with that. Is that for show presence to show that you know you're? you're, you're oh real? no, no. I just, I just, I was just uh, putting lotion on my beard. Oh, okay, so you okay. know how it goes. You, get, you, know, you gotta fluff it up. Okay. Yeah. Well then, then I, I apologize then for if I'm gonna ask, I'm gonna ask some romantic sort of questions. Not knowing that you're married, I, I wasn't too sure where that was. Yeah, yeah. And at the same time, do you steer away from like? For, a long, for the longest time, when I was trying to create art, I kind of felt like I had to be sad. It wasn't until I, I yeah. befriended a rule, like this painter chick that told me, you don't always got to be sad to make art. But I felt like that's the only time that things came out. Being married, and obviously that has its up and its downs, and that's, I don't know if you have any kids. Nope. No? That's, that's a monkey wrench in itself. Yeah. So I'm hoping you guys get to, get to enjoy each other and be able to do all that stuff. But do you feel like, does that affect writing at all? Um, just needing to be sad in order to write something. Yeah, do you ever, have you ever felt that way? I, I do, and, here, and here's the thing about this album, hopefully easy to summarize. There's really nothing romantic in it. The song, The Harder I Try Again, is from our EP we put out in 2014, and that was about a girl and like the futility of trying to like date someone and chase someone. The rest of it, there's two songs that sound like they're about failed romances, Better Days and You Aren't the Only One. And they're basically both written about our drummer that uh, quit right before we started recording this album. He was one of my closest friends. He was like, he was one of my groomsmen at my wedding. And it sort of just ended on bad terms, um, partially because of stuff he did, but partially because I just took it personally instead of just being like, well, this is a guy we need to replace. Because I started the band with him before anyone else. So it was me and him. So I actually wrote those songs. They sound like they're like about I don't know, being writing someone off or screwed you over, but they're, it's not a girl, it's basically about him. 
Um, and then there's the songs about politics. Probably Worth is about being in a band. So a Pangea, that could sound like it's about like um, a, a girl, that, but it's actually about like, when I was uh, in middle school, I had a friend move away like three years in a row, a different friend, best friend would move away. So it's just kind of about like losing friends at that age and wondering what they're up to. So there's really not a lot of romance uh, and probably worth it at and, all. <laughs> well, and, I, and I'm so sorry for, you know what? And again, I think that's my interpretation. Oh, that's totally fine. Because I know in my in my mind, my, my little bickers and fights that I got, I go through, my, my, I'm like, my feelings like fluctuate so hard and they go from zero to 60 so quickly. Uh, and it, I can be long and I can be missing something. I can be pondering on a thought. And again, that's where I think projection comes in to where you have something that's so like down the middle, it's so easy for things to sway in that direction. And and I was curious back to, because again, none of your, none of the lyrics say like baby girl or baby boo. <coughs> so right. when I say relations or loves, it's totally gender neutral, which I feel like you're going to, all the asexual crowd is going to dig this. Yeah. <laughs> well, you know, teasing, you bring up teasing. a really interesting point that I haven't really talked about either, but I did meet my wife, um, I'd say about six months into us being a band. So the 2013 EP, which is our first thing called Quitter, there's definitely like romance, um, unrequited love type lyrics like all over that EP. But by the time we did our next release, um, I was already with, with, with Britney. So there's really not a lot of like romance love songs. Now, I mean, I guess I, I haven't found the perfect like love song about her, I guess, because mm. it always feels kind of cheesy to kind of write something like that yeah. and then put it out there in the world. Um, and we, actually there was a few, we just never ended up recording them. But so that is really interesting to think about because it really, it informed our lyrics. The fact that I was like in a relationship that I didn't really feel a need to write about that or to write about being sad about not having someone to love. So I tend to focus on other topics. I'm curious, um, and I, actually before I could, better days, I definitely got a little bit of hint of it. And for whatever reason, it made me think, do you believe like in the 80-20 rule where someone kind of loves a little bit more than the other, and depending on what circumstance or infatuation that we have is what allows for that to happen. Like, I don't know how many relationships you might have had a little bit younger. Me, myself, they didn't have very many, and when I would be, I was way over my league. And when that would happen, I was the one that loved way too f***ing much, and they can do or do without me. And this would allow for, you know, doing way too much, getting in trouble, doing dumb having heartbreak hurt even more. Had being, being the shy one, did you ever find yourself in that situation? Sure, yeah. I mean, I put myself in that situation all the time, and basically what it ended up doing was the people I date actually finally dated early that I was like, hey, I'll admit that I like you. It was people that I didn't feel as strongly about. Like my first few girlfriends were more like the safe options. Like they mm -hmm. came to me and made it easy for me. That happened a lot over the years. Um, and I and I did find myself having like the more I would have some insane huge crush on somebody and they didn't really seem to respond. And I felt like, well, this is love, you know, because uh, I just had the strong feeling. Right. But it's it's obviously more than that. And I, and the the balance that you mentioned is interesting. Um, and related to the song Better Days, again, that was about our drummer leaving and and me kind of just saying good riddance to him, so. So when that happened, because again, definitely strong tone about relationships, never any leaning too strongly into what exactly it was. When that happens and you guys had to come to ties, did you notice any kind of like sabotage on either end to try to finally make that that cutoff? Or did, was it just like a slow depart of, you know, this isn't like. Um, it, it was kind of a slow burn of, uh, it, it seemed like he kind of was only halfway in the band and I was really pushing him to, to like be in it and be motivated and 
there was other factors involved that aren't worth getting into, but there was like some ties that we had that weren't really um, being followed through on like they should that it kind of pissed me off. So it, it was like a slow burn, but then it was like a quick cut. And that was the weird thing is we'd even had a conversation with him a few months earlier, like, hey, are you sure you're in it? You know, now's your chance to get out. And he said, yeah. And then it was like two months later that he sent an email and was like, oh, never mind. I'm going to focus on my own music. So I was like all angry and like... he flaked out. Yeah, and I threw a huge fit. I, I, I hold people to way too high standards. And like, to me, just like being responsible and considerate and, and putting others first and following through on, um, if, you know, something that you... I don't want to say owe to somebody, but if you have like a, a, a responsibility to somebody and you're not meeting it, then you're not respecting them. So th- that was a whole thing. Um, but I was real bitter when I wrote Better Days and You Aren't the Only One. But You Aren't the Only One's not just about him. It's about I've been in so many bands over the years and made close friends and then they end and then it's like, you, you know, it's just kind of done. You did, those friends are gone. Did any of that jadedness and how much time do we have? Uh, but, probably not. We should probably uh, wrap okay. up in a few minutes. Two more questions. Then. Okay. Uh, with all the jadedness that I'm sure you get from that, and I know that uh, Chris um, came in through like uh, Craigslist. Yeah. How jaded were you when you when you interview people and like feel oh you're full? Like how much did you when you would get a bite <coughs> or someone responding or, or I'm not too sure how aggressive you were reaching out to people or how people were reaching out to you. But like, did that kind of leave any bit of? Yeah, I was. Stank I was it? pretty jaded. I mean, it, because I'd been in so many bands, so I, I had higher expectations. I wasn't like I think a lot of people knew where to Craigslist band searching or like, sure, let's try it out, and yeah. then you just waste your time. But to me, I'm like, all right, I want to hear recordings. I want to see that you've been in bands. Like, I I was very skeptical from the beginning. And if someone came in to, to and I was basically our our uh, interview or tryout was, hey, here's this song, learn the parts and come play them. If someone came in was even like 10% sloppy I'd just be like it's not no it's not gonna work and I'm kind of unfairly like that like I just hold too high standards I'm like someone's got to be able to show up know the parts or they're gonna be someone who's just gonna put the same amount of lack of effort you know moving forward and you're just gonna be stuck with that for uh, the rest of the years you're a band so Chris came in and just nailed everything and he's been very consistent and reliable and then of course now he's also adding guitar riffs to the band, so he he was a good choice. We held out after <laughs> trying out a few people that didn't work out. Right on. Yeah. Um, one of my production partners, he was the same way. He, I felt like he gave because he gave one hundred and ten. That's what he expected. And if he didn't do that, then he just would have messed with you. Because again, it's about time investment. It's about then putting yourself into a loyalty place and just yeah. all the things you want to mesh. You want to have, I think, the best of every world whenever you bring something in, which is why sometimes business with friends can kind of go sour. And yeah, definitely. Way more of. A- uh, but again, I know you're limited time. So last question: You mentioned Pangea. You ended off with that song. Does that have any sort of artistic place as to why you put that at the very end? Um, you know, it, that was such a tough decision. The song I wanted to put at the end is "Move On," the one with the mandolin. I don't know if you know which one I'm talking about. It's track I, I, four yeah. or five now. I, I did. Uh... But it's the song that we always play last at our shows, and it's the only song I use a mandolin in. Um, it's got like a kind of a chanting thing at the end, like a whoa. Um, I wanted that at the end, but for some reason it didn't feel right. And I, I purposely planned out the album so it was finger tapping song, no finger tapping song, finger tapping song all the way to the end. So that was another consideration in trying to get everything lined up just right. So it, the way it had to work out was I had to end with a finger tapping song. And what I like about Pangea is, is simple, but basically I like how it just cuts off at the end. Uh, you had another abruptly. song that abruptly ended, and I'm like, yeah. wait, that wasn't a good mixing move, or at least I got upset of it very, very shortly. It was, uh, You're Not the Only One. 
Maybe it was just the, the upload that Apple Music had. No, I hope not. But for whatever reason, when it ends, like, it's just, it's like a little bit of silence on the way, wait, that shouldn't be there. It's just an extra beat that maybe you shouldn't have. I'll also no, check that out. No big deal. But I was just like, I, I didn't know if that was for a reason or not. It uh, is meant to end abruptly. So okay. maybe it was, maybe that was intentional. But it, it seemed like weird. it was fading away for a second. And oh, then, did it? Yeah. Then that must be weird. So I'll I was like, check wait. So that, so that kind of confused me. We're going back to Pangea. When I think of Pangea and going back to spirituality, it made me think of the Towers of Babel. Are you familiar with that from Old Testament? Yeah. Uh, similar concept. We were all united. We all spoke one language. We made a f***ing tower that went to the heavens. God saw, saw us f***ing around, slapped it down. All of a sudden, we had to speak different languages. We're separated, yeah. And, um, I just, and that's why I was wondering. I was like, man, because it almost because as far as the, the lyrics go, not much of it referenced that. No. Uh, it, made me, it, it made me think of... Um, uh, making peace for whatever reason. I don't know why. Yeah, I think kind I know. of. It was really it was just about like friends that moved away when I was younger and just sort of wondering where they're at and just appreciating the time that you had. But you know, the album ends on kind of on a question mark because the last thing I says I want I wonder where you are. So I like the idea that the album sort of ends on like a huh, you know, like even out, it doesn't really give you a lot of closure. Yeah. Which um which I, I kind of like. I think it's appropriate. And again, and I would just dig in deeper because I'm like, because it because it does end and it leaves you with wanting a little bit more. For the ones that you already hooked in, I feel like all right, you're gonna definitely hear this motherfucker again, so you can keep, so you yeah. can try to dig a little bit deeper. And again, I was just wondering if the, because I, I kind of feel like the more and more that we evolve together, obviously sometimes the further we push each other apart, whether it be social media technology, not needing us to interact the same way. But I know it's a whole other topic for another day, so. And then since you gotta go, well, I will say I've, I've, only, I've written one song about spirituality, and that was the title track of our EP, "The Me That Used to Be." Yeah, so that was one of my favorite songs. Yeah, from, if uh, you had a video for that one, right? Yeah, which and the video kind of it more implies like the me that used to be as like a child versus an adult, but the lyrics are really more like. I, I think is that the one where you had all the old clips. Uh, yeah, of, of like members? me in the eighties. Oh, that was all you? just me in the eighties. Okay. Yeah, my dad with the shaky cam, original <laughs> style. Um, but that's kind of just about like you know when I was young. Religion was really important. Like, how do I get back to that if I want to? Is it too late? So that was kind of the only one that was really there. Um, I, it's hard to really ever say I'm going to write a Christian song because I don't feel, I, even though I have the beliefs and, and I want the values, I feel like I don't live up to it. I don't really go to church. And I, I, I almost feel like I'd be a hypocrite unless I really felt like I was living it to, to actually try to write about it. But at the same time, I like, I like the idea of respect and I, I wouldn't sit there and write a bunch of offensive anti-religion songs or... And I still have that, like, sort of, if anyone uses Has the Lord's name in vain, you like, oh, no, not at all. And, like, okay. I don't curse, um, I mean, I, I curse in my life, but a lot of times, because, like, my parents will listen to stuff, I just, I just don't curse, just out of respect, because I'm like, oh, I mean, I don't need to, so... Right. Might as well not. It's a filler words, really. Yeah, is, exactly. You know, so. So. And so I do apologize, and if you like, I'll, I'll make sure to bleep those out. So uh, no, you, you, you can say whatever you want. I mean, uh, you heard the other guy's podcast. There was a lot of F-bombs all, there, all there the was way a through. Few. It's, it's fine. I, I just told my mom, like, you might not want to listen to that one. Um, <laughs> well, I wouldn't want that either. But regardless, like, I, I, it's like I can get a hint of it, but I feel like because you don't do, you know, promote it or, you know, try to bask in it, it doesn't sit in there. Yeah. Which is good because people, when people will hear something preachy, you'd be totally pushed away. There's a difference between evangelical Christianity and then just being so spiritually inclined that you draw people. Yeah. Just how, like, I don't know if you ever met, like, a weird Mormon person. Like, why is he so nice? Yeah. There's something about him. <laughs> he must have the spirit, you know, or something. Right. Like, some, some, something of that draw. 
And not to mention, I have three other guys in the band who might even be listening now and being like, what's this Christian talk? You know what I mean? Like, what is he doing? Because it has nothing to do with them. This is just all about me and like what I have implied only really in one song. But, um, but it is, I've never, like I said, I've never really talked about that. So I, I appreciate that. And the only, the last message I would say, and even to you as well, is have you, have you watched the videos for these songs on this new album? Not all of them, no. I would recommend, soon we're going to have, we might even have a little watching party where when all 10 videos are done, maybe somewhere where we'll just go show them all in a row. But to really think about the meaning, usually pretty much every video we do kind of shows some of the meaning of the songs within the video. So I, I would recommend, um, we have a playlist for Probably Worth It on YouTube. I'd recommend okay. to anyone listening that's interested in this kind of stuff and the lyrics to go through and watch some of those. For whatever reason, I'm big Midwest. Kansas loves me. I don't know that's what SoundCloud says. So, so, so for those that get it listen, yeah. you'll hopefully see a bump in your demographic out there. If you get those like uh, Midwest emo kids, then I, hopefully they'll appreciate it. Yeah, all the people from my are going to blow it up. Yeah. <laughs> Dude, I really appreciate you taking the time. Yeah, it's cool, to, man. To record. Dude, I really, 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 yeah. really appreciate for sure. it. Even though I got tongue-tied and Yeah, sorry we didn't have more time. but That's my downfall. So I hope when we talked about professionalism, that's why I hit you with the AM like 10 or 15 minutes. Yeah, I wrote you off immediately. Did you? <laughs> no wonder like, uh, no, no. you didn't ask the, the phone when I got here. I'm like, <laughs> no. son of a Oh, no. You want to show me out here? It's okay. been fun. Yeah. <laughs> Appreciate that. Yo, so there you have it. Legitly, just how it ended. It how it ended. I had to get out of there. He had a whole ass. He had places to be. I'm sure he rocked the show. Um, I want to give again another shout out to Celebration Guns for taking the time to be able to meet with me, speak with me, indulge with me. Uh, again, you can pick up Probably Worth It out now on most platforms, your Spotify's, your Apple Music's. Again, if you go out to the website, I think they got a boot camp, a boot click. Actually, if you go to celebrationguns.bandcap.com, again, you can take a peep of all the things they got. They got this record on vinyl. For all my audiophilia, autophilia brethren and sisters, Y'all want to pick it up on vinyl. For all my hardcore hipsters, they got these mugs on cassettes. Yes, the tapes. If you, if you got a cassette tape, I mean, why don't you have this in your deck? I'm just saying. Again, thank y'all so much for listening. If ever you wanted to get at me on most social medias, you can always do that at SoBapo. That's S-O-U-L-P-A-P-O. If ever you wanted to become a producer of the show, you can always go to www.patreon.com slash Give me a dollar. Let me eat. Even though I'm obese, why not contribute to the gluttony? I'm just kidding. I got bills to pay. I love y'all very much and hope to talk to you guys very soon. Be well and God bless.